Marcus Marcus controls the power and wealth of a vast military and religious empire. Yet one horrific crime threatens to destroy everything in his world. Addled by drugs and grief, Marcus Marcus begins a trans-dimensional journey that will ultimately force him to confront a dark and devastating truth. Chapter 53 About Numa But I could not speak of Numa, not as if she were a mere curiosity to be held up to the prying gaze of those who really did not care, who only wanted a momentary distraction. Besides, what could I say? How could a life as full of Numas be reduced to a string of words, and all the clashing and clattering emotions she evoked be muted and polished into a couple of concise sentences. Zandra nodded at my silence, then tried another tract. Your knowledge of her may have some bearing on the ongoing operation. It may even help bring it to a peaceful resolution. I laughed, but not too loudly or too long. It's a curious thing about bullshit, that its comic value is in direct proportion to the sincerity with which it is spoken. Zandra had spoken at best with low-grade sincerity, and she acknowledged the fact with a smile. It was Iftek who began the discussion about Numa. The evidence would suggest that the wife of Mr. Marcus always had sympathy with the beliefs of the hostiles. She fell in love with Mr. Marcus. They married. At some stage, her sympathy for the pirates turned to active support. Being married into the Sajin family gave her access to money and contacts. I imagine that she only gave a little help to begin with before being drawn further into supporting illegal paramilitary activity. At some point she found herself in so deep she could not back out. And now she's with the pirate fleet, added Sandra quietly. Her voice was sympathetic. The absence of bullshit angered me. I did not need sympathy from this woman. Jack turned her sightless gaze to me. Is that how it was, Mr. Marcus? Sure, I said. If Dex's description could not have been further from the truth, Numa was not a person who would gradually find herself enmeshed in a scheme she could not escape from. Numa always knew what she was doing. Well, nearly always. She had never intended to fall in love with me, nor I with her. We should just have fucked when we first met, cleared out all the dopamine and norepinephrine that was drenching our brains. But no, we took it slow, denied what was happening, kept our meetings brief and infrequent and strictly platonic. Before we ever lay together, we were already bound together by an intimacy that was as light as satin ribbon and as sharp and tangled as a vine of thorns. Mm.
It'll soon be over, declared Zandra. The fleet is on the outskirts of the home star system of the hostiles. All the media are broadcasting Captain Errol's terms, surrender and then negotiations. What's to negotiate? asked Iftek. The pirates want to set up their own fourth zone of humanity. Nobody will agree to that. There is still plenty to discuss, though, added Jack. Prisoner release, demilitarisation of the border between Demos and Heimeyard. Captain Errol knows what he's doing. They have to surrender, insisted Sandra. They're completely outgunned. Ten percent of the total Demos battle fleet is after them. Same kind of numbers from Heimeyard, plus a sprinkling of ships from the League Unsundered. Ifdeck frowned raised a hand and gently touched the dent in his head. Tell me about the hostile's home star system. Zandra tapped the screen on her lap. It's small. One star, six planets. Low population, two or three billion. There's never been an accurate census taken. Plus maybe ten million aberrations. If Dick laughed, his worry's gone. Space, that's a pitiful star system. Imagine if Captain Errol fucked this up. The media would have a field day. That will not happen, growled Jack. But what if it did? Insisted Ifdick with a grin. How much more ridiculous could we look? It was Jack's turn to smile. That dent in your head is fucked with your brains. If Dick shrugged. I'm not completely joking, Lieutenant. History is filled with glorious victories suddenly turning into abject defeat. Zandra joined the conversation. I hate to spoil your idle chat, but if Captain Errol fails, he will find himself wrapped in chains in an execution cell. And you three would no longer be heroic members of the famed Broken Dozen. Instead, you would be criminals wanted for taking part in a violent coup d'etat. I had enough experience of military life to know what manner of conversation was evolving around me. I had heard similar often enough. The frivolous, mixed with the grotesque, churned up with exaggeration and wild bursts of imagination. I added my own pinch to this particular round of havering. Of course... If we were declared criminals, then you, flight commander, would be guilty of harbouring us. Unless I turned you in, retorted Zandra, clicking the fingers of her left hand. I'd be the hero then. Would you? asked Ifdeck. Might be the new pivers would want to be rid of anything and anyone who reminded them of all their prior follies. You would be as dead as the rest of us. Besides, added Jack in a coaxing voice, turning us in is such a paltry plan for a woman with a reputation for brilliant strategic foresight. Oh, I always have backup plans, replied Zandra. For example, we could always grab his majesty here and make a run for whatever hole passes for his kingdom.
They wouldn't have me, I said. Glake just got rid of its last tyrant. Mr. Marcus's father used to control that territory, explained Ifdeck. Our coup d'etat inspired similar actions across the three zones of humanity. The planet in Feshka experienced a few attempts against its rulers, but only the tyrannicides of Glake succeeded. They killed Mr. Marcus's father and set up a republic. My sympathies, said Zandra. There's no need for sympathies, I said. My father was a cunt. Well then, continued Sandra, people will be delighted to have you. Republics always fuck up in the end. Besides, there's not a vessel anywhere in the entire league unsundered that could compete with seven fully armed wolfcraft. So off we go, set you up on the throne and voila, we're no longer criminals, we're advisors to a sovereign dignity. Ifdeck raised his hands and clapped slowly. Well, now, it seems we all have contingencies covered. Zandra winked and rotated her chair and consulted with her fellow pilot. They exchanged numbers and figures, checked screens and listened to their headphones. When she turned back to us, she looked satisfied. It's across all the media. The hostiles have opened up communications and are discussing surrender terms. Thank fuck said Jack. No offence, Mr Marcus, but I was not too fucking enamoured about setting you up as king in some shitty little planet in the middle of the league on Sundered. No offence taken, Lieutenant. I was raised in that shitty little planet and I never want to go back. It felt good being in the company of my fellow troopers and with the surrender of the hostiles imminent I had another reason for my sense of satisfaction. Not only would Numa be defeated, but she would suffer the intense humiliation of giving up her struggle, a fitting punishment for such a foul traitor. Yet my delight quickly soured to a bitter revulsion. Was it possible that I held within me hatred for a woman who had filled my life with such blinding and selfless love and light, with who, in those brief, calm moments between the terrifying and exhilarating runaway roller coaster of our time together, I'd experienced a tranquility that seemed part of an infinite otherness. My eyes pricked with tears, and doubt settled like a lead ball in my heart. With Numa I had known love such as few men can claim. He equally had suffered a betrayal few could comprehend, and less would have survived unbroken. The fleet is entering the hostile home star system, Sandra announced. I shivered as one clear thought came to me. Numa will not surrender. She would rather die fighting. I think it's a trap, I said. In the silent seconds that followed my words, the atmosphere of the ship changed as if the air itself had become weary. Thanks for listening to episode 53. 
of Marcus Marcus and Hurting Heart. So slowly, bits of the world are opening up and we're starting to get out there. So when you're out there, you can tune into Marcus Marcus. And what I'm going to do is try and get all the final episodes up in the next couple of weeks. So that'll be a fun thing you can do. And of course, you can share it with your friends, your family, your ancient enemies. Um, and pass the word on all sorts of social media and stuff and rate and review. I forgot to say that before. And you can support the work I'm doing here with Marcus, Marcus and Hurt and Heart by uh, donating to my coffee fund. It's in the episode page. Alright, look after yourselves. Mind wash your horns. Social distance. Wear your face masks if you have to. Get your vaccination. And just stay tuned for more weird stuff.